The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time for our uh, Friday forum, and uh, we are joined by Alice Leahy, Director of Services at the Alice Leahy Trust, David Quinn, columnist with the Sunday Independent, and Mary Siri Carney, Finnegale spokesperson on children, disability, equality, integration, and privacy rights. And probably more. Anyway, good morning and welcome one and all. Let's uh, get your take on our failure to make it through to the final of Eurovision. Alice. <laughs> oh, Pat. <laughs> right. I mean, did you watch? I, I watched bits of it and I, I kept switching to uh, T.G. Cahart to see was there anything on and the soccer match. But Real I did Madrid. Watch, yeah. yeah, I did. I still don't, I just don't understand offside. But anyway, talking about uh, the Eurovision, <laughs> I, the technology was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. The presentation was so colourful. Uh, I just wondered about the singing. I mean, I go back to Joe Dolan and, and Ronnie Drew and Pavarotti, uh, but the, the, the presentation was superb. And I I did feel sorry for our own lads because we have great rock bands, we have great singers here and I think RT needs to do a bit more to get the very best and support them. And um, I mean, the, the lads came out with something that they, they weren't properly resourced by the no, Eurovision people. Were, now, whether no. they were talking about RTE's team yeah. or whether they were talking yeah. about the experience they had in yeah. Liverpool, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But I, I did feel sorry for them because they were young men out there representing our country. But as regards the singing uh, that just left me and we leave the style where it is the gold <laughs> the, the gold, gold suit the gold and even for well, there was a lovely woman on last night I watched bits of it she was from Estonia and she stood out because you know, she had a beautiful uh, blue dress and she sang well and I think she got into the uh, the neck into the final Okay, so it doesn't have to be all um, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It can oh, be no, simple. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think as a country, a nation with wonderful musicians and singers, we need to put the money into it and, and support uh, because they are representing mm. our little nation. Mary, what did you think? Well, I suppose I remember Eurovision when it was a pure song contest and I, I'm old enough to, to remember that. Um, and it was talked about in school on Monday and it was a really big deal. Uh, I think that the, the adage of go big or go home has taken over. You, you all, it, There has to be a gimmick. There has to be the pure song uh, is not there anymore. Yeah, but I it recall the, the winner for Portugal a couple of years ago and he sang very simply. He was on a, mm-hmm. I think he sat on a stool and it was uh, in the style of their tradition traditional song, the Fado, yes, yes. and it won. And it yeah. just, it was so commanding and it was sung in Portuguese, didn't understand mm-hmm. a word of it, but I could understand mm-hmm. why it won. So it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that if you, you know, have dragons and snakes and drums and yeah. all the rest that you you know you, you but, make the right noise. But there was a, a rather large contingent I, I only watched uh, Tuesday night and I think I thought our own lads were, were they were fantastic, their singing was fantastic but I'm not sure about the production values for them, mm. I think mm. that they they were underwhelming from that point <coughs> of view they went out and they did their and knocked their socks off but um, the suit, the styling, no it, 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 I found mm. myself reminiscent of my father when I was watching Top of the Pops as a child and he'd come in and say that fella can't carry a note on a shovel. <laughs> um, similar words were going through my heart when you had people in underpants thinking, oh God, this is not, this yeah, is yeah, not yeah. what Eurovision mm. should be. Yeah, but and that, that in fairness, that particular song of. was a satire. Yes. Mm, it it yeah. was. Because mm-hmm. the uh, underpants were ill-fitting. On top of <laughs> yeah. else. I didn't look too closely past. <laughs> David. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at past winners of the Eurovision um, because, you know, there's practically a national inquiry every time we don't qualify or do badly. And of course, we haven't won since 1996 and we, and we were doing so well for a while and seven 
competitions won. But uh, I was looking up for Spain. I said, when did Spain last win? So Spain last won in 1969. France last won in 1977. Right? Mm. England last won and Britain in 1997. And in fact, I heard you saying something, Pat, um, on News Talk Breakfast just before 9 yeah. o'clock about the language factor. Yeah. Well, the, everyone had to sing in their own language. Yeah. So Malta had an advantage, we had an advantage, mm. and the Brits had an advantage because everyone else understood the English language mm. But very few of us could understand the languages in which the entries were being sung. I mean, I think it's a huge factor. So if you look up winners since they uh, let everybody sing in English, um, us and and Britain haven't won once in that time. The language, international language of pop music is English. That's the truth of it. But we don't. But like, I mean, it's obviously way more competitive than it used to be. Far more countries. Um, I don't think like... Um, somebody watching in some far off country, Ireland doesn't rate in their heads any more than they do in mm. ours. Um, so an Irish act comes on and they're not sitting up Spain paying special attention because it's Ireland. I mean, the thing has become so much bigger and you have countries like Azerbaijan and Armenia and all yeah. that kind of thing. You know? uh, I always felt that when the Eastern European countries joined the European Broadcasting Union, because that, that is how you get in as a member of the European Broadcasting Union, um, that they were embracing Westernness. And it was an opportunity by joining Eurovision. They embraced it because it was a symbol of freedom, mm. of uh, all of that. Mm. And, and now that's obviously moderated uh, somewhat. But they made a big deal of it and they've kept a big deal of it. That's mm-hmm. the truth of it. It's mm-hmm. a big deal I- in their countries. Anyway, what do we need to do to win? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like we're never getting back to glory days of, uh, you know, three titles in, in uh, four years for the reasons discussed. So um, that's just not coming back. Um, so the only thing that's going to do it is uh, a really good act um, that stands out from the pack and I have no idea what that would be Yeah, Dustin did not <laughs> work he's, no, he stood no, out and he certainly <laughs> stood out <laughs> you would wonder though is, is part of it picking up on David's point mm. is part of it that it's our, our acts are unknown if you think of anyone who's a repeat um, contender within anyone who's a repeat performance uh, they're already known they're, they're a lot liked of them, though, no, in that, fairness a lot a, of them are novices the Swedish mm, yeah. woman had participated before yeah. Forward, but by and large, they're novices. I mean, Johnny Logan, unique in yes, winning, yeah. it, mm-hmm. winning it twice. But you saw how well Linda Martin was received. Yeah. She, you know, they, I just wonder, though, that. is do it something to do with TikTok and other uh, social media sites that mm-hmm. unless you have a big presence on TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, which many of the acts do, and they're already well known and mm-hmm. often they have international them. hits mm-hmm. before they actually compete in Eurovision. Maybe that's yeah. a part of it. Anyway, so there, there may be huge resources need to yeah. go into that promotion and our, our picking an Irish yeah. act that is already well established okay. like that. Now, uh, we want to turn to GAA Bio because Alice Lee, he's a big GAA fan. Are you a subscriber to GAA Bio? No. Uh, no, I'm not, Pat. And uh, I must say, last Saturday, like most of the people in our country, I did look at the... Uh, the coronation. I wanted to see Philip Tracy's hats and I wanted to hear Bishop Welby because I like what he has to say. And then I thought, well, I could sit down and watch the match between Tip and Cork. Well, of course, it wasn't on, which I think was shocking. And I would agree with everything Donald Logue said. Anyone who hasn't been at a Tip and Cork match are missing out. Now, I know you might be a Kilkenny fan, but Tip (laughs) and Kilkenny were good too. But there is just something, the energy in a Tip and Cork match. And I think 
it's timely and it's good that this has happened because it should open up a debate about what does the GA stand for. It has brought people in all kinds of communities together, young and old. Uh, it is has a, it's a great force in Ireland, but I think for years now it's become the tickets are too dear. It's a problem to get a ticket. But I still have. Would you believe it? I have Ronan Maher on my phone. I have Jason Ford. I these were the the hurlers were my heroes when I was growing up. Well, of course, that's a while ago, Pat. But I still, when I watch a match, I'm in danger of having a heart attack. But it brings the women, the mothers of Ireland, they clean the jerseys. Mm. Look at the Clifford boys. We're going to okay, miss that Okay, but I mean, was to replace the Sky offering so that the diaspora, those scattered all around the world mm-hmm. who, who'd love to see well, Tip I, and who are yeah. absolutely happy to pay for it. And I would love to see the young people because I have relations myself who are across the world and they can see but can you imagine uh, people down the country where they don't have broadband, somebody and even children being encouraged now to watch a match on their phone or on their iPad instead of being out there on the sidelines she- cheering on their heroes and looking forward to the day they'll represent their county. David, are you exercised by this GAABO row? Um, n- not massively, um, but I think... <clears throat> You know, there is obviously an inevitability about a certain amount of pay-per-view and subscription packages. It's a bit hard to avoid in sport. Um, like a fair number of the matches, I think, are matches that wouldn't be on television if they weren't pay f- uh, if they weren't pay per go. Uh, I, was yeah, I was calling it JBO, but it's go. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing. But <laughs> there you go. I got the name right. <laughs> um, so I was listening to Leo Varadkar talking about it, and he was saying keep the big matches free, but there are matches that wouldn't otherwise be seen without a subscription yeah, service. The, the point being made by the group head of sport on RT was that uh, don't some of those small matches who only occasionally have their day in the sun, don't they have a right to be free mm. to air, even though the number of people watching them might not <clears throat> be that huge if they're small counties, minority counties and so on. Um, don't they have the right? Should they always have to pay because they're in a minority situation yeah. within the sport? And like, obviously, you know, you pay to go to see a game. Um, and there'll be, like I see, one of the arguments against is, um, well, if you're a pensioner, how can you afford the uh, pay-per-view? But on the other hand, uh, you mightn't be able to afford to go to a match. And also, you, you know, you mightn't be so mobile anymore. Um, and so being able to pay a lot less than the price of a pint per match actually connects yeah. you to matches you wouldn't otherwise see. What is it, 99 euro, but uh, if you book early, or is it 79 euro, and if you book early, you go 59. And then there are... That's for special, the year, isn't it? Yeah, for yeah. the year. Mm-hmm. And special prices for GA clubs and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. Um, however, that doesn't mean that when you have an expe- expectation mm-hmm. like Alice, sitting mm-hmm. down to enjoy the match, yeah. and it's gone. And then there are people who haven't broadband. I mean, there are parts of this country where there isn't broadband and and a lot of older people don't like technology. Mm. And and even the fact of having to sit with your mobile phone, can you imagine the strain on your eyes, you know, as you get older? I know there's pros and cons to it, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. but at least it has opened up a debate, Pat, and I think that's important. I'm respectful of the fact that Alan Dillon, as a a former All-Star, has come out Mm. saying it absolutely needs to be scrapped. However, I, I would disagree with him in that. I think that if we look at the capacity, the sheer capacity, Steve Orty and TG Gower to air all the matches. They don't have the capacity to do that. So we need every every match needs to have an opportunity to to, to be out there. Now, the and GA accessible. came out and said that Virgin didn't bid for any of the rights that uh, yeah. were, were there. Yeah. Uh, but but we've got there to have been some criticism from uh, people mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. to Virgin. 
Yeah, but but we've got to look at the role of the GAA, not just in Ireland, in our community, but also with the diaspora. So it is really important. If you if you land in Melbourne, the chances are you'll contact the GAA uh, for community and to start establishing community. And I think that that community having access and having a means to do it, it isn't yes. hugely We don't have the numbers uh, to the as cost. to how many subscribers there no, are in this no, jurisdiction no, and went how popular it is. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, because it strikes me with technology, I, I don't know whether any of you have noticed that if you're looking at something uh, on YouTube or whatever, uh, sometimes uh, pictures will be pixelated because uh, there is no right to use that material mm-hmm. in, in a worldwide way. And I'm wondering, is there a way in which GA Go locally can be free, but internationally has to be paid for? There's got to be a technological fix to that. There, there, and there are other instances when we look at copyrighted music where they have managed to be able to localise or, or to, to regionalise access online. So there, there probably are areas like that. It's good that we're having the discussion for a number of reasons, for, for mm-hmm. the fact that we do need to have that discussion and, and also to value GAA, but also then to say when they get the money, what are they doing with it? Making sure that it is filtering down to local clubs for an inclusive experience that women are being catered for and girls are being catered for, which they are very, very good at to be fair, in their cool camps and all of the rest. All right. well we'll see at the end of the the year-long experiment on GA Go, they'll probably have another look and tweak it somewhat. Now uh, are you being gouged in your supermarket David? Um, Like I think it depends sometimes in the supermarket. I was looking at a thing at the Irish Independent at the weekend and I was comparing the prices for a package of kind of staple foods uh, per supermarket um, uh, chain and I think Aldi was cheapest by far for for this particular package of staple goods. And I think Super Valley was most expensive. Now, they're all surely broadly got the same type of supplier. So I think an awful lot depends if, if you're living in an affluent area, for some reason, you're perfectly willing to pay a hell of a lot more for your food than going 10 minutes down the road to an Aldi and paying a lot less. So I think a certain amount of this actually comes down to simple shopping around. Um, the, there, again, there'll be maybe the argument from some people, maybe Alice would make it in the same way as broadband, uh, that not everyone has an Aldi or a little right beside them. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas mm-hmm. uh, in the urban areas, mm-hmm. you've all the choices. Mm-hmm. Well, that's absolutely true. Um, I mean, in terms of price gouging, I just don't know if it's taking place. I mean, it's certainly something worth investigating. Are some of these supermarkets profiteering? Again, I don't know. It's, again, something worth investigating. I mean, are there Do you fancy price caps? No, because I think that usually leads to a reduction in supply. I don't think price controls ever empty shelves. I think basically, yeah. So I think that would backfire. Mary, um, in France, they decided to have some of these price controls and had to abandon them. Uh, I think it was France because in rural areas, the costs of running a business with fewer customers was such that the price cap would put people out of business. Yeah, and I, I was speaking with Minister uh, Neil Richmond about it and apparently in rural Spain, similarly, when they put in uh, caps that there was, it, it decimated small rural shops. So that's not the way forward. I think a two-pronged approach whereby government... Like this week, we had a special convening of the retail forum, which normally meets quarterly anyway. But the convening of the retail forum. Just a talking shop, and you know, we'll keep an eye on you for six weeks. And if you don't do it, then we'll, well, we'll actually do nothing because Mm. uh, there's been a recommendation against price caps. I mean, we we have, uh, we have, we have the. 
Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, they have real teeth if there is profiteering, if there is any sense of cartel and agreement on cause, on, on actual prices, they have real teeth. We also have gone in and we've, we the Minister received assurances this week of passing on that oh, price. It did appear to me and to many others that it was just a talking shop. I mean, they, I, I live on my own so I can shop just myself so I can pick and choose and I can go into local shops. But there are so many people who, with families who need to go to the supermarkets to shop and we don't, as far as I'm concerned, I'm open to correction, is Aldi the only supermarket where uh, you know what profits they're making? So Correct, yeah. with mm. all of, the, it is, is that true David? Yeah. It is. Yeah. So That's with all nice. of this going on, I think we can't forget the small shops and the suppliers. I mean, look at the, the producers who have to produce the milk and the butter, the eggs, the meat. Mm. I mean, I went into a shop the other day, quite an expensive small shop and I saw a chicken thing which I do my own cooking but I thought I'd buy it and I decided I would ask is that an Irish chicken? Nobody could tell me and then I waited and I said and they came back and they said no it's not Irish and I said can you tell me where that came from? So are we going to end up in a few years down the road getting our beef from Brazil getting our butter from New Zealand uh, and meanwhile we had, we're a wonderful green agricultural country so I think while we are talking about prices I think we have to look at all of these issues mm-hmm. and of mm-hmm. course uh, Europe at the end of the day is deciding what we do but you I have think to look yeah. Yeah. it's funny that this is a, a phenomenon all over Europe that yes. prices have gone up and mm-hmm. we have gone up somewhat mm-hmm. less than some of the countries within yeah. the European Union but also the question of competition I mean why wouldn't Aldi, Lidl or Tesco's or Super Value or anything want to gain market share or Dunn's by pushing their prices down if there was mm-hmm. an, if there was a huge amount of profit to be made there why wouldn't they want to push their prices down a little exactly. bit to get more market but then share? The question would be at, at whose cost? Because um, one of the follow-up meetings this week that was held was with the IFA and the ICEMSA and Macra are Macra of Nefarma are also coming together because farm families generally are the ones that are going to be the first in line to have to reduce their costs or, or what they get in the in the produce, and the high quality produce that they produce. Yeah, but didn't so they get massive that hikes sure that in the milk price last year, for example? <laughs> which but we uh, have to keep passed, that balance. Passed unnoticed shall mm. we say Indeed. the farmers weren't saying we're getting loads and loads of money mm-hmm. but this year they're saying we, we are fearful mm-hmm. not that it happened but we're fearful that this 10 cent uh, drop in the price of milk is going mm. to be extorted from them. us absolutely well, and it's David. important that we do that but like a huge amount that. of this is completely outside of our control which is by the way the mm. war in Ukraine mm. um, because I think Obviously, the price of gas has gone way up. I think gas is used to produce, help produce the plastic, the plastic packaging uh, for food products to keep them fresh. I think it is also used in the production of fertilizer. Yep. Um, uh, obviously, we're not importing fertilizer from Russia anymore, which is a huge, um, uh, you know, manufacturer of fertilizer. We're having to source it elsewhere that pushes up prices. Um, Gas prices might be coming down now. There's no guarantee that's going to continue because China is, you know, fully back in the global economy and they're going to be wanting gas. Um, We can't source it from Russia anymore. We were very lucky that we had a very mild winter. We might not have a mild winter next winter, which means gas prices go up and means food will go up even more. That's a bit dispiriting. I'm just wondering, though, about the the competitive element 
because it, it, we see that in supermarkets more own brand own label stuff mm. is is yeah. on the shelves and this stuff is actually being produced by the same people who are producing yeah. the branded mm. stuff mm. and Absolutely it's, a, it's it a bit of a mystery and even the labeling <laughs> sometimes maybe it's produced by a competitor but it can mimic the mm. label of the mm. the main brand mm. mm-hmm. um, so the the shopping basket do you remember uh, Alice you might remember Gay Byrne used to do a shopping That's basket right, item and did, they had to yeah. stop yeah, it for some reason yeah. that no, it was yeah. a, a complained of by yeah. the the multiples yeah. mm-hmm. that it, yeah. it wasn't transparent yeah. or people were gaming mm-hmm. the system. Mm-hmm. Well we certainly need a transparency given that you have multiples here who aren't declaring what profits are they're they're getting in Ireland and from Ireland and it's it's like the the secrets of Fatima that they're it's not being declared and certainly the CCPC are looking at that uh, so we need to and and we look at if Aldi and Lidl had they have certainly put in far more supermarkets throughout the country I mean every little town now virtually has an Aldi and Lidl so ser- clearly there's money to be made and yet they can manage to be the cheapest in but in the market. I I think there is an issue too about we're not great at asking questions. We're not great at when we go into the shop asking questions about the mm. price of that. Yep. Uh, we just fill up our bags as the profit increases, maybe or maybe not. But we should all be asking more questions about how much profit are you making? We give out instead of complain. We do. And, yeah. I, I, and <laughs> I think we need to start. Uh, and, and people often complain without yes. researching or asking why mm-hmm. are they complaining. Yeah. So I'm a, And I think we also need to look at customer service. I think the customer service in some shops is appalling. Yeah, we talked mm-hmm. about that on the programme during the week, yeah, uh, how indifferent uh, oh, yeah. some people are mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to helping people in shops. But then on the other hand, uh, we get a text in from someone saying, well, you know, if you pay as low as you do for people, there's no incentive for yeah. them to bother. I've to also help. seen um, retailers complaining that the customers are getting ruder and ruder as well. Yes, I've yeah. heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. So you get this heightened experience of yeah. everybody just getting yeah. ruder. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, look, we will leave it there on that civilised note. My thanks to Alice Lee, to David Quinn and to Mary Siri Carney. Uh, that's all we have time for today, but a reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the Newstalk app powered by GoLoud. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.